into the final hour of the program this afternoon. Julian McKenzie. Our producers Cam and Taylor here. I'm Logan. Find me on Twitter at Fan960Logan. Julian is at JKA McKenzie. You know him from covering the Calgary Flames for The Athletic. Hanging out with us all week long here on Sportsnet Today. Very happy to have Julian along. Hour two wrapped up. Happy to be here. One texter is very happy to have you too. Thank you to that texter. I really appreciate it. Uh, We've got more nice things to say about Julian. No disparaging things, just nice things. You can send them in the text line at 960-960, the fan feedback line. Always open to you here on Sportsnet today. Hour two in the books. Chatted about the NHL news today. Arizona purchasing, the owner of the Arizona Coyotes purchasing land in Mesa, Arizona as a potential new arena site for the Coyotes. Leafs had some goaltending depth with former Hitman uh, goaltender Martin Jones. Had our WPCA report as well. Checking in the Chucks. And a bit of a discussion around the 35th anniversary of the Wayne Gretzky to LA trade. All of that on the Hour 2 podcast. It goes up moments after every hour. Finishes here on Sportsnet 960. You can find it wherever you get your podcast: Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Still lots to get to in this hour. We'll chat with Shai Davidi coming up next uh, segment. Writer for Sportsnet. Fun conversation coming up with Shy Man. Jose Bautista heading to the level of excellence at Rogers Center. Coming at a very crucial series for the Jays this weekend. Get some of our favorite Jose Bautista memories with Shai Davidi from Sportsnet. Looking forward to that. But we kick the hour off. Checking in on the Calgary Stampeders. Back at practice. Getting set for a very big game on Saturday. We talked about it a lot this month of August. Murderer's Row for the Calgary Stampeders. Started off strong. Took down the previously undefeated Toronto Argonauts. Now a chance to get back at the BC Lions, who have handed them a loss already this season. They got to head to BC to take on the 6-2 Lions on Saturday to get you caught up with the latest around your Calgary Stampeders on this Wednesday. It's Matty Rose. This this is the Stamps Report with Matty Rose. The Stampeders held another practice on Wednesday ahead of their game Saturday night in BC. Plenty of eyes watching the injury report for the Stamps. Tuesday, we saw only two players missing practice. Long snapper Aaron Crawford and receiver Cole Tucker. Crawford dealing with a calf issue while Tucker is dealing with a foot injury. The good news was that star running back Kadeem Carey was a full participant as he looks to return from a toe injury he suffered back in week one. Head coach and general manager Dave Dickinson said this about Kadeem and the run game as a whole when he joined Patty Dumas and I on the big show for his usual Wednesday morning hit. Oh, yeah, it's a big day today. Um, yeah. This is kind of our first contact day. We wear pads for half a practice and, you know, gets to see how it feels. He's trending in the right direction. Now, we just, our guy that played last week, Mills, he has yes. 27 carries for 137. So, obviously, I want to play with the, you know, the guy that's earned it. But Kadeem's our guy, and when he's healthy, he's going. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. I don't know if it'll be this week, but it's coming soon. Uh, what did you see from your offensive line in that game most recently that 
maybe was perhaps different that allowed you the the kind of confidence to rush the ball 30 times between Mills and and Bellamy and obviously rack up a ton of yards? It was a group effort. I mean, I want to give credit, obviously, to the offensive line and our fullbacks. Uh, Those are kind of our guys. But the receivers really did a great job, too, and I had some guys out of position. We... We went into the game, and we really Mark and Michelle played what the weak side slot position we call the X position, and he hadn't really practiced at all there. But we weren't we wouldn't feel comfortable with Trey Dukes. He had a rib injury, and I knew how physical a game it was going to be, and yeah. I just didn't think it would hold up. And we went that way, but Markin really did buy in. But even you know even on the outside, Tommy Lewis came in with a great crack block on some certain looks and. And uh, everybody was fighting in there. And we kind of, you know, with the game and Toronto losing their quarterback and feeling like we had the lead, it allowed us to be a little more conservative and just keep plugging it downhill. And, and we wore them out by the end. It took a while. It really did. But we did wear them out by the end. The team will have the luxury of easing Kadeem Carey back into the offense to an extent that due to the recent success that we have seen from Diedrich Mills, 27 carries were the most in one CFL game since 2018. He racked up 135 yards on those 27 carries against Toronto last weekend. The last person to do it, Andrew Harris, then a member of the Blue Bombers. I had a chance to chat with Kadeem Carey as he prepares for his return to the lineup. You guys got a little road trip coming up, heading off to face the Lions that have given you some trouble of late, going back to last year, going back to the start of the season. I guess, uh, how are you looking at this matchup? I mean, I'm looking at it as another opportunity to play another good team. I mean, I think I'm excited. I think my team is excited. I think we like to rise to teams that, you know, are good. So I'm looking forward to playing them. Tell me about the uh, long way back from this injury. It was week one that you got hurt with that toe injury. Tell me about how the recovery has gone for you. I mean, it's been really good. I had the trainers, the doctors here. They, they really did a fast recovery. I mean, I feel really good. Um, my front line is gluing, so I can't wait to get behind them and get out on the field. Tell me about what you saw from Diedrich Mills and what you guys can do as a tandem. Man, I just saw what I know he can do. Yeah. You know, I've just been in the room just patting him on the back, trying to give him the most advice, and, you know, he's a great running back, and I love I just love the way that he's getting hot, then I can get hot, then our line is hot, so I think everything's going at the right time. I'm curious as to what you see as a good game for Jake Mayer because he's had a game this year where he's thrown for 450 yards, but then this most recent week, he threw for 150, but he's 22 for 24. He set a Stampeders record for completion percentage. How do you see a good game for Jake Mayer? I mean, just, I mean, just playing confident like he did. He's always been playing confident all year, but I mean, as a group and as an offense, um, as running backs and receivers, we focus on taking care of the ball. Mm-hmm. So anybody that takes care of the ball, sure. running back, receivers, quarterbacks, that's the main goal. I think everybody has a good game if we take care of the ball, I mean, including Jake. Other notes from the injury report, Trey Odoms-Dukes and Colton Hunchak were both full participants. Good news for the two receivers. Getting Odoms-Dukes back is certainly key, although they did sign a Markeith Ambles to the practice roster to give a little bit of flexibility. Odoms-Dukes was a late scratch to that game against the Argos with a rib injury, but the rest of the group filled in and played well. As head coach general manager Dave Dickinson talked about bringing back, he talked about bringing back Markeith Ambles and how he fits into this group when he joined us on the big show Wednesday morning. wanted to make sure he's healthy. Yep. So he came off a sixth game with Toronto, and I he practiced yesterday, and he looks good to me. Um, you know, we got into that bind a little bit with our inside receiver depth uh, when Trey Dukes uh, was unable to go, and we were using Canadians to to fill those spots, but they are hurt. Um, so we 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 thought it was a good idea, and I think Markeith is 
just trying to get on the field and he wants to play, but he's willing to work. And, you know, it's hard for uh, a guy that's done that much to start on a practice roster, but that's what he was willing to do. So all good things that he's willing to do that. And let's just let him kind of find his footing, compete, and we'll see where it takes us. Is it is it uh, tougher nowadays? It's an interesting time of year around the CFL. Injury lists are starting to get longer, and the trade deadline is probably near Almost bigger than the trade deadline is the ending of NFL training camps. Players getting cut and looking for work. Stampeders always like to keep an eye on this. They're sending people down for scouting purposes very soon. This doesn't mean that it's easy to coax players up north. Dave Dickinson talked about those challenges earlier this morning. I think it's going to get easier now, but see, it's okay. tough right now and right because of other leagues. There's two other football yeah. leagues in the U.S., yep. and... And you're right, the NFL, they, they don't have any rules. In the past, you could only spend a couple of years on the practice roster, and then you you either made it or you didn't. And yeah. now that's not the case because of COVID. And so, you know, these guys are making good money on the practice roster down there. I mean, they're making, I don't know, 160, 170 U.S. to be a practice roster player in the NFL. And yeah. most of the time we can't compete with that. Now, do I think I'd rather play football and make memories and just sit down there and, and make decent money? Yeah. I mean, I know for me it was one of those things. Uh, Detroit offered me to come back my third year and probably to come back to get cut. And I just, you know, I'd had enough. I was ready to play, and, and I was 28, 29 years old, and I thought, you know what, I'm going back to Canada. I'm playing. So, you know, you can certainly get that in other guys as well. So, you know, we have um, – Cole Hoffnagels took a week down at NFL camps. Uh, Brandon Mahoney leaves after here and did the weekend to go for a, about 10 days. We're going to be down looking at guys. Whether we can get them or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think there will be a chance uh, for some, some guys in September-ish. So August still is a little light. September, yeah. I think you'll you'll start maybe seeing some uh, some fresh names potentially coming up. Always so hard to pinpoint who the Stamps might be targeting. We don't have access to the full negotiation list. We get a partial snapshot out of, of a list that can be changed at any moment. This year, it does feel like the biggest need for the Stamps has been the secondary. But then again, still not totally sure on the timeline for James Vauders. Just something to keep an eye on as camp continues down in the NFL. In BC, fully expecting Vernon Adams Jr. to make his return after missing a couple of weeks. Dane Evans has a rib injury, so he's probably not an option for BC. Dave Dickinson talked about facing Vernon Adams Jr. after Wednesday's practice. Well, I mean, well, we're, we're planning on being 100% healthy, and uh, he had he played well against us both preseason and game one, so he, I'm sure he's going to come in with confidence. We just got to keep competing and, and, uh, and try to get to him, like you said, and compete. Uh, the ball's going to be in the air. We need to get our hands on it. It'll be very interesting to see how this talented BC team responds. Of course, they got thumped 50-14 to by Winnipeg just last week. Well, they were off a real short week. Now they got nine days. Um, you know, we weren't too bad. We were on a short week, too, and now we got eight. Uh, trying to focus on ourselves. Understand that, yeah, they, no team wants to, you know, really get handled fairly easily they, they want to play as soon as possible so I'm sure they'll be ready to go for us uh, let's play our game after to me after first 10 plays it's just football uh, the better team usually wins as far as the rest of the week Stampeders will practice Thursday Friday will get depth charts as the team travels to BC then they'll battle the six and two Lions Saturday night weather looks great because it's the one indoor venue in the CFL very funny stuff am I right with your stamps report I'm Matt Rose Appreciate you, Maddie. Thank you for that edition of the Stamps Report. Yes, Stampeders and the BC Lions under the indoor confines in BC. 
as week 10 CFL action continues. Starting off on Thursday, 6-2 and two Bombers, 0-8 Elks. The, the Elks are still bad, huh? Yeah, still very bad. Mm, Not good. Yeah. But Trey I, Ford's getting the start. At least. I mean, still just, it must be so embarrassing to, to, to put yourself in that situation where you have like the longest losing streak, home losing streak in like North American sports. Like it's, it's embarrassing. It's 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 absolutely embarrassing that the Elks have put themselves in that situation, and it, it doesn't look as if there's any sign of them getting out of it. Hey, we'd love to be wrong uh, for the next time they they win a game, and even then, like that's a long hill for them to climb. But it's just, I don't know. At first, it was like okay, you know, just a team going through tough times. But this team hasn't won at home since like what 2019. I don't know. Like, 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 that's, COVID. like that's and I get there were some complications because of COVID and all of that. But at the same time, like you have to give your head a shake if you're an Elks fan. You have to give your head a shake if you're part of the organization. You need to do something to shake things up there. Uh, we do have our injury report uh, from the team here ahead of uh, Saturday's game. As far as Wednesday's practice go, Kadeem Carey, full participant. Looks like he'll make his return to the lineup. That's good news. Long snapper Aaron Crawford still did not practice. That uh, looks like he'll be out again. Uh, full practices for Trey Odom's Dukes, Elliot Graham, Colton Hunchak, and Perry Young. Cole Tucker, uh, rookie wide receiver for the Calgary Stampeders, dealing with a foot injury. He did not practice on Wednesday, so it looks like his status certainly up in the air at best when it comes to Saturday in BC. It mentioned Winnipeg, Edmonton kick things off tomorrow for Thursday night football. Friday, it's the Riders and the Montreal Alouettes from Montreal. Saturday, Lions, Stamps, Sunday, Battle of Ontario. Six and one Argos with Chad Kelly expected to start against the three and five Ottawa Red Blacks. So that's your CFL story today. Uh, another thing we're doing here on Sportsnet today, we're getting set uh, just a couple weeks' time. We're coming up quickly on the Shaw Charity Classic. Ooh. Canyon Meadows Golf and Country Club. You don't want to miss it. It's one of the premier sporting events on the Calgary sports calendar. And we have a chance for you to head to Canyon Meadows Golf and Country Club on your choice of Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. That would be August 18th, 19th, or 20th. You get to tune in to Sportsnet today or the big show all week long for your chance to win a Rogers VIP ticket package for two to watch the Shaw Charity Classic presented by Rogers. So here's how it goes, Julian. We're doing this uh, yesterday. We'll do it all week long. We'll even give away two of these on Friday, just to make your Friday that much better. So if you're listening live, get your texting fingers ready. Mm-hmm. And here's how this goes. We're going to ask you a trivia question about one of the premier names coming to Calgary. He's been coming to Calgary for years. Give me a John Daly trivia question that came from his autobiography. Okay. If you get it right, John Daly, and you have your first and last name on the text at 960-960, you will get to choose either two honorary observer passes, which gets you inside the ropes and experiencing professional golf like never before. You get to walk all 18 holes alongside your golf heroes. You get lunch in the player's dining area of the clubhouse, and this experience for two can be used on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Or you can choose a pair of passes to the Rogers Clubhouse and Skybox Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. That's a premium Indoor hospitality area with an adjacent patio located inside Canyon Meadows Clubhouse. Rogers Clubhouse will be open every day of the tournament at 8 a.m. And the Rogers 18th Green Skybox 
You get to watch the Legends of Golf up close from the comfort of Rogers Private Skybox, located directly on the 18th green. This open-air covered venue provides guests with a front-row seat of the tournament's closing hole and panoramic views of Canyon Meadows. The Skybox opens up every day of the tournament at 10 a.m. For more information, head to shawcharityclassic.com. Really looking forward to this. This is one of my favorite events. Chris Dornan, our guy from uh, from the Shaw Charity Classic, gets us hooked up, and he's getting you guys hooked up with some great passes this year as well. We had the Shaw Shootout uh, last night. Columbus Blue Jackets player and Calgary native Jake Bean taking home the win, giving the money to charity at Kidsport Calgary. What a great guy. That's yeah, that's really cool. Shout out to him. That's one of the premier media events we get to go to every day with Aaron Vickers and Wes Gilbertson barking at each other on Twitter. Yeah. I I saw that uh uh it didn't go so well for the for for the mandem uh Aaron Vickers. Yeah, look, I look, I love I love AV. Um but going at at West when it comes to golf, yeah, it's a bold move. Yeah, Wes Gilbertson when he's not working, he just golfs. Yeah, he's really good that, at it. He's really good at it. Like he like literally, you go on his Twitter, he's posting photos of him at some or he's, luxurious he's golf covering course. golf or he's golfing. It's just there was no chance no, for just, AV against Wes Gilbertson. I hope when when he comes in on champ, Friday, you better yeah look bring it but as i'm telling you man you come for the king you best not miss but uh av missed. it looked like he whiffed he missed he whiffed brother so uh so that was uh coming up so here's this is a fun one i was trying to think of something fun we could do okay for our trivia question today so 960960 if you're listening live or online we'll give you a chance to get your answers in here but john daly you know him j mac yeah one of the premier names in the pga tour He's one of the biggest golf personalities anywhere. He loves coming up to Calgary. He loves coming up to this event. Always has a massive following. And he's written an autobiography uh, of his life and some of his journeys. And one of the things that he's most known for outside of golf, he likes to gamble. Yeah. He's a gambling man. Yeah. In his autobiography, he claims that he lost a range of money over the years gambling. If you can tell me how much John Daly in his autobiography claimed that he's lost gambling at 960960 with your first and last name on the text, then you will be our winner today to choose either the skybox passes in the Rogers clubhouse or the honorary observer passes. This is way more. I always knew that John Daly was a gambling man. And I'm not, it's his money. He can do with it as he pleases. It was a bigger number than even I thought. So this is definitely And this is coming from the man himself. This man who's gambled. We're talking, I have a guess. I don't know if I want to start putting out my guesses out there to give people help on that. But like, we're talking about John Daly, a man who's made tons of money golfing. And would be totally cool with putting himself in a position where he's gambling some of that away. Probably more money than I've seen in my lifetime. Am I am I fair in that assessment? I think that's fair. Yeah. Give me your guess. I'm not gonna tip my hand one way or the other. Texts are coming in at nine six zero nine six zero. Okay. Give me the there's a he puts a range on it. A range. He puts a range on it. If you're anywhere within the range. I'm going to give you uh, an entry into today's tickets. I'm going to say 
Not mm. you, but the no, texters. I get it. I, I will say... What's your guest? My guest? I would I mean if, if I were if I were privy enough to, to take part in this, I would love to have you as a guest and Thank we you. take that in together. Uh five to seven million. Okay. That is my range. Taylor, how much money do you think that John Daly claims he lost gambling? Oh, this is hard because I have no clue how much this how much money this man makes. And I could not even begin to fathom if you're saying that we will never see this amount of money in our life. And based on what people are saying in the text line, this seems like a lot of money. I can confirm it's a lot of money. I can confirm it's in the millions. That's as much help as I'm giving you. You said what? Five million, Julian? Five, five to, to seven? seven million. Taylor, where would you be? Give me a number. Give me a range. He, Give a he range. gave a range. He, gave in a his range. autobiography, he gave a range. I'm... I have genuinely like no clue on this one. Just, just give us Throw a guess. Anything out. Throw anything. Let's go with like sixty million. Okay. Pat okay. Steinberg money. That's a yeah. lot of money. Sixty million dollars. Cam. Kill Cam. If it's if it's at any more than like ten million dollars. I'm going to be really concerned for his asset management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like who is in charge of this man's money? Whoever whoever's taking over the casino John, needs to John slow F. Down. Daly's who's in charge of his money. Hey man, that's why he's doing all those manscaped ads that pop up on YouTube, man. You got to get that money back. Uh, and son, Ain't no shame in doing manscaped ads, but I got to do some ads. Hooters reps. Dude, man. Gambling is an expensive habit. Yeah. Appreciate that advice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you need me to tell you that. You shouldn't have me telling you that gambling is very expensive and it's a very. Uh, be careful. He uh, won five times on the PGA Tour between 1991 and 2004. Won the British Open in '95. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm pretty confident with the range that I have. Okay. Can I tell you something? Yeah. You shouldn't be. That's fair. Okay, so it's definitely so it's less. Or it should be more. You're not going to tell me. Mm, okay, all right. I shouldn't be confident with the range that I put. That's fair. I'm going to give it a couple more because hey, the wait. texts are rolling in. I want to make sure that I get as many people in on this as possible. So again, we're having some fun with it. We're not judging anybody. This is from John Daly's autobiography. He's part of the contingent coming to Calgary for the Shaw Charity Classic. We're giving away tickets. A pair of tickets every day here on Sportsnet Today and the big show's doing it as well. We're having some fun with it. Again, in his autobiography, John Daly says claims to have lost a range of money gambling over the years. You can tell me what that range is, or you can even if you're in the range of it, I'm gonna tell you you're you're entered to win. So I'm getting a chance. There's been lots of people texting in. I'm not surprised because everybody wants to be. Uh, in this, the passes are incredible. Chris Dornan and everybody at the Shaw Charity Classic hooking us up this year. Uh, by the way, I got to get a hold of Chris because I got to get my dad out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, to the tournament this year, but that's a separate thing. So I'll give it a couple more minutes here, a couple more seconds. 
to get your text in and if you're listening uh, on the line. I know it takes a couple seconds for it to to come up. I just watched this Manscaped commercial with John Daly and his <laughs> son. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't, could, I, well, he's not doing those for free. No, no, he's getting, he's getting paid. You're doing that with your son. Are you able to, his are you able to play the boss. audio from that? Is no, that, no, no, you can't. I don't want to risk that. You don't want to risk that. Can at I play all? the first two seconds. No. Okay. Oh. But like, oh my god! <laughs> if it wasn't advertising things, it'd be different. I don't yeah. want to. I hear you. Clients yeah, yeah. yeah you, I don't want. That's fair. You don't want to. I don't want to mow anyone's grass. No free money, literally. Um, exactly. <laughs> no free money. No free promo. No. no. We ain't know no, our worth. There's no free forty-four. No free free forty-four. I was trying to think. Uh, free ninety-nine. Okay, so there's pages of text here. Pages of text. At nine six zero nine six zero. And I'll give you the answer now. So from his autobiography, John Daly claims, Julian, you ready for this? All right. 50 to 60 million oh, what? dollars. Taylor got it. What? Taylor got it. John Daly claims in his autobiography to have lost 50 to 60 million dollars hey, gambling over the years. Look at that. How? Then, then he made. Damn. Do you do that? Fifty, 50 to, 60. to sixty. So if you oh. were in the range, if you went right down the middle, if you gave me fifty to sixty, you gave me right in the middle at fifty-five, you gave me sixty. All of those answers are going in the randomizer. You're all technically correct. So all of those are being put in the randomizer right now. Fifty to sixty. Million dollars. That is insane. That's craziness. Like fifty to like. <laughs> you like, had a lot of five to seven million. That's a lot of money. Then there are NHL players who haven't even made that in terms of career earnings. I mean, John Deere was he was winning on the PGA Tour. Like that's how you get bank. There are athletes who have not made that money being super successful. John Daly has lost 50 to 60 million gambling. Yeah. That's just gambling. That's not investments. That's not cars, possessions, anything. 50 to 60 million. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Uh, John Daly is going to be part of the contingent at the Shaw Charity Classic. We can't wait uh, for another great event at the Canyon Meadows Golf and Country Club. Taylor, we had plenty of answers. We had lots of them to throw into the randomizer. Who is our winner today? Our winner is Emerson. Emerson, congratulations. Thank you to everybody who texted in. We appreciate that. Emerson, we'll be uh, getting a text from Taylor in just a few moments here with some information on how to get your tickets. Uh, so keep it locked on your phone. Uh, the next couple of minutes, we can get some information from you. We'd appreciate that. Thank you to everyone who texted in. Good news is if you missed out today, we're going to have chances for you to win all week long. We're going to have another giveaway tomorrow and two more on Friday right here on Sportsnet Today and on the big show all week long. Your chance to win a Rogers VIP ticket package for two to watch the Shaw Charity Classic presented by Rogers at Kenya Middles Golf and Country Club on your choice of Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. Shai Davidi checking in on all things Toronto Blue Jays. That's how we close out the program next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Toronto Blue Jays are in action once again tonight. 
Continuing their series with the Cleveland Guardians, Kevin Gosman on the mound with his 8-6 record. Taking on Logan Allen, 5-4 on the season with a 3.65 ERA. The Toronto Blue Jays coming off a 1-0 loss last night at the hands of the Cleveland Guardians after an outstanding performance from starting pitcher Yusei Kikuchi. They'll continue this series tonight and then heading into the weekend. Going to have a very special moment at Rogers Center. Looking forward to this one. Jose Bautista set to enter the level of excellence for the Toronto Blue Jays. Very deserving candidate. That'll happen on Saturday. It's a 107 first pitcher in Calgary against the Cubs. But the ceremony will be broadcast on Sportsnet uh, a little bit earlier before game time. Now, but chat all things Toronto Blue Jays right now. Very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline. Welcome in from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Shai Davidi joining us this afternoon. Shai, thanks for the time as always, man. How are you? I'm all right. How's it going? We're good, man. Uh, Jays playing some good baseball, at least. I know you wrote about their troubles against the Baltimore Orioles uh, recently, but it sure seems like that series might have woken up something in the Jays, hey? Yeah, I, I I think so, and well, I haven't had a chance to really ask anyone specifically about this, but I just got a sense that the Blue Jays looked at how the Orioles played them in that series and just thought to themselves, like, why aren't we doing this in terms of a consistent approach at the plate, uh, just the tenacity of it bats. Uh, the Orioles really put on a clinic, and Chris Bassett himself said, you know, we were embarrassed in that series, and the Blue Jays feel that they're right there with the Orioles, yet they're 2-8 and eight against them. And then they certainly feel that they're better than the Boston Red Sox, but they had been 0-7, uh, just a, a bunch of weird games against them to that point. And then they go into, into Fenway Park and put on one of their best series against an American League East opponents of the season. So, uh, you know, whether something awoken them there or it's just baseball evening out could be any of those things. But, you know, the, you know, I, I try to all be careful with making, you know, correlation causation, mm-hmm. but, you know, I did get the sense that they looked at the Orioles were like, yeah, we, th- this can be us. Why isn't this us? Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but in a couple of weeks time when they head to Baltimore for that, Three games set in Baltimore. It's their final time to see the Orioles for this season before a busy month of September. Do you think that series will have some extra meaning to the Jays, uh, not only from a, a positional standpoint, uh, Shy, but from the point of, just like you said there, they feel like they can be as good as Baltimore. Here's a chance for them to actually prove it. Well, I, I mean, ultimately, if they want to try to pull themselves into the American League East race, or pull themselves back into into striking range, they're going to need to have a really good series. And, look, Baltimore's been playing tremendous baseball. You would think that they're due to cool off a little bit, but there's no guarantee that happens, right? Like, baseball, as we know, can be really weird, and, and sometimes things really come together for a group, and things certainly do seem to be coming together uh, in a serious way for the Orioles right now. So... Uh, you know, I'm sure there there'll be some of that wanting to get some payback. That two and eight is for sure going to bother 
uh, a lot of the players on that team uh, because of just how one-sided it is. But ultimately, you know, the, the the key to that is what impact that's going to have on the standings. And if you know the Blue Jays don't want to give up on the American League East as a possibility this season, and if that if they're going to become relevant there, you know you did the. The minimum is two, but you really they've, they've got to be thinking sweep going into that series. Uh, it is Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you, joined uh, this week by uh, Julian McKenzie from The Athletic. Julian? Uh, we're seeing in, in the lineup card that uh, Davis Schneider will be back uh, in the lineup. He didn't play yesterday against Cleveland, but uh, you all know about his start. Uh, the first player in MLB history to collect nine hits and two home runs in his first three games. From what you've just seen of the team with 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 Davis in the lineup and just him being around those guys, what would you say about the energy and the look and feel of this Blue Jays team, even if it is just a guy they've called up from the minors? Well, the one thing that it brought, Julian, was that the Blue Jays don't really have anybody who's, like, super hot, right? Especially once Bo Bichette went on the on the injured list, and mm-hmm. in large measure, he'd been carrying this team. And, and Schneider's just been crushing all season at AAA. And so he comes in, and he's got the, that good feeling, the confidence that happens when you're rolling and everything's sort of falling your way over the course of a season. And he just kept it going uh, in, in the big leagues. And certainly that's not going to be forever. He's not going to hit 600 or whatever it is uh, into, into the future. But there was a little bit of jolt of energy, a little bit of jolt of confidence, and all of a sudden, one extra hitter makes a big difference and lengthens out the lineup, puts a bit more pressure on the opposing pitcher. And that dynamic makes it more difficult to navigate a batting order. So the, there is certainly the, the psychological element, but the bigger piece is that there's just it's production for a lineup that needed some production. And any little bit of production that you're adding is just changing the dynamic for everybody else in the batting order. I know, I know he's not going to hit 600, you're right, but what do you think he needs to do in order to ensure that he's not getting that, that uh, call to go back down to AAA anytime soon? Well, it, it's just do some damage when, when you're getting up there. Uh, it's, he had a significant power jump this year at AAA, which is why he's put up the type of season he has and why he's here right now. And the Blue Jays want to, that element, right? They, they've got guys who get on base. They've got guys who can move around the diamond. He's not here for his defense. He's not here for his glove. He's here because he's hit home runs at AAA. And if he wants to stay, he's going to need to keep on hitting home runs. Like, again, I don't think it's going to be you know, two out of every three games, but they, the Blue Jays are going to want to see that quality of at bat. They want to make sure that, as the opposing pitchers get to know him a little bit better and maybe begin making some adjustments on him, that he's going to be able to play the chess match back and, and, and adjust or adapt to what other teams are doing to him. So those will be some of the signs that the Blue Jays will be keying on as they're making their assessments. But ultimately, that you know, once Bo Bichette is back, the Blue Jays are going to have a call to make. It's probably... Right now, the way that you look at it, you say, okay, David Schneider is one of the guys on the bubble. Uh, and if he's hitting home runs, then maybe he makes him think about a different way to align the club. 
Speaking of Triple uh, A, Shy, your late one of your latest pieces up at Sportsnet.ca, a look at the farm system for the Toronto Blue Jays right now, and I imagine it's one that has seen a lot of turnover the last couple of years, and even recently with the Jays trades, have seen uh, some changes from probably Triple A all the way to Single A ball. Yeah, for sure. And this, uh, you know, the, the the most significant move that they made before the deadline was the acquisition of Jordan Hicks, which cost them. Uh, a couple of double-A pitchers in Sam Roberta and Adam Klopfenstein, uh, two guys who'd really made significant jumps. Sam Roberta is a great story, signed out of the Netherlands as a 17-year-old. Really just the Blue Jays liked his mechanics at the time, but he really had to grow into his frame and pick up some power. He's done that, and there's still, still a little bit, more room to develop there and probably a need for a bit more power to develop on that fastball, but he's got a chance to, to haul some illing, excuse me, haul some innings at the big league level. And he's, uh, he's got a pathway to the big leagues in St. Louis and Adam Klaffenstein, uh, another pitcher uh, who has been in the farm system for a while, 2018 third round pick, a major talent out of high school, but just really raw and, had spun his wheels a little bit, got hurt by the by the COVID year, uh, like so many other prospects. And this year, it really had started coming together. Able to better locate his fastball, being a bit more aggressive with it. It's still, again, another guy who still has some work to do. But these are two pitchers that would have been AAA starting depth for the Blue Jays next season, and we know what a sore spot that's been for them over the past few years. Uh, but the Blue Jays didn't be counting on their ability to draft and develop. Uh, to to conjure up a couple more guys who can fill into that spot and take their place, uh, but you know this is uh, this is the cost of doing business at the deadline. It hurts, definitely hurts the farm system. There are a lot of people who are invested in both those pitchers. Uh, good luck to them in St. Louis. Both good stories, both good dudes. So easy to root for. Uh, but for the Blue Jays, they're going to be counting on uh, a new wave of of starters, be it uh, Chad Dallas or Jimmy Robbins or Adam Mako to start emerging and to, to become that trip, that layer of AAA depth that they so desperately need. Even though uh, he got the loss yesterday, Yusei Kikuchi pitching seven innings, only allowing three hits against Cleveland, uh, just put up on the uh, Blue Jays' Twitter account uh, the MLB leader uh, for the ERA in the second half at 1.24. Uh, Kikuchi looks as if he's had a complete 180 from last season where he ended the year with an ERA of over five, uh, yeah, 5.19 last season. I'm just curious, how do you explain Yusei's turnaround, at least for this year, at least in the second half as well? Uh, just it seems like he's been more of a productive pitcher for the Blue Jays this season. Yeah, I mean, it do- doesn't seem like. Absolutely has, right? And uh, you, know, you mentioned last year the, that the element uh, that he, we, it's worth reminding everybody, too, is they finished it in the bullpen that the Blue Jays – couldn't even start him from August onwards because of how, uh, because of just how inconsistent he was. The thing is, like all the pieces have been there, and like you look at Yusei Kikuchi over uh, the five years or whatever it is since he came over from Japan in the big leagues, and you just look at the skill set, and you're like, why isn't this more? Because it's a fastball from the left side in the, the mid to upper 90s. Uh, good slider, good split change, whatever you want to call it. Just a, a really good repertoire. This year, uh, 
He added a curveball, which has been a really good weapon for him, playing off the slider with a different moving pa- movement pattern and another element to disrupt hitter's timing to go with the, the split change and the slider. He's improved his fastball command. And really since the All-Star break, he's just gotten into his head that he just needs to attack more. And this is someone who, by his own admission, can start thinking too much on the mound and getting into his own head in a way that probably isn't especially constructive for him. And he seems to be finding ways to eliminate that a little bit. And that is allowing him to just really use his physical tools more effectively. And and he's done that in a big way. He's earning some more trust to get through lineups, uh, not just a second time, but a third time and uh, maybe even more. Uh, at this point, so it's uh, it's really just a coming together of of skills, and that's why you know there's an adage in baseball that you just, you just don't give up on talent, right? And mm-hmm. it can be frustrating, it can be maddening, and as frustrating as last year was for Yusei Kikuchi and the Blue Jays with him, uh, there's uh, there's just a lot of reward in that patience right now. Uh, Shy coming up on Saturday is a, a very cool moment for Jays fans. Jose Bautista taking his spot in the Jays' level of excellence. We have not had a new inductee to the level of excellence since Roy Halladay back in 2018, but now Jose Bautista will become the next member. Uh, I know he's done some media. I know you've talked a bit about this as well. Saturday is going to be a very special moment. I'm curious, over your time covering Jose Bautista, it was, was there ever a moment, Shy, when you watched Jose? Was there ever a moment that you sat there and thought, here's a guy that the Jays have something special in? Was there ever that moment that, that hit you yeah, that you Jose know, I, was something different? In terms of, uh, I, there are a lot of moments like that. And, you know, I would think back, so the Blue Jays acquired him in 2008. And J.P. Ricciardi, who was the general manager at the time, Essentially, said oh, this is a guy who hit some double-digit home runs, but I don't want you to think. He said, he said something along the lines, "I don't want you to think that we've got Mike Schmidt here. Uh, this isn't a guy who's going to hit 40 home runs for us." And you know, then Bautista starts making some changes in 2009. That that September, the September before he had the 54 home run season in 2010, he hit nine or ten homers in the month to close out the year. And you just looked at it, you're like, wow, this guy's always had power. And maybe he's putting it together. And maybe this is going to count. Like, maybe this, maybe this is not just a flyer or just a guy who's a placeholder. And lo and behold, he comes back the next year, and he doesn't exactly have a place in the lineup, but the Blue Jays are going to give him a bit of run because of, all the, because of the, the previous September and then all of a sudden he goes off and end of April, he's leading the league in home runs. And it just, it didn't seem like a fluke. You know what I mean? There, yeah. I, I didn't cover Brady Anderson in the uh, late 90s or early 90s or whenever that was when he had that 50 home run season out of nowhere. But that always seemed like a fluke. Like this, this was not a, a home run hitter, but Bautista had process. He had, a, a real plan and approach. It was meticulous and detailed. And, you know, the Blue Jays had a tough decision to make the following offseason because he was entering his last year. They could have gone year to year with him. 
and let him hit the market after the 2011 season. And instead, they signed him to a $65 million five-year contract, which was both both praised and criticized quite heavily at the time, was very controversial, uh, and ended up being one of Alex Anthopoulos' master strokes. And, uh, you know, that, you could just tell at that point that this was something special. And the Blue Jays saw it. Uh, Batista felt it. There, A lot of people around the game had known him and watched his progress and wondered if it would ever come together. And it's another example. It's like you don't give up on talent. The Pittsburgh Pirates gave up on talent, and it was uh, to, certainly to the, to the Blue Jays' benefit that they did. Did he and, and the likes of Edwin Encarnacion change the trajectory of the Toronto Blue Jays and their approach to, to building a team at that time because he came on so strong? For sure, right? So if you think back to the end of 2009 where the Blue Jays have to trade Roy Halladay, A.J. Burnett had left, uh, some of their core was aging or underperforming, and uh, there was a, a clear end of the line for that group and the Blue Jays were going to go essentially into a major rebuild and then all of a sudden Jose Batista hits 54 home runs and it's like whoa we might have a superstar here yeah and then the same thing with Edwin Encarnacion it took a little bit longer it was it wasn't until 2013 that really came together for Edwin although he started showing signs in 11 and 12 and then all of a sudden okay now we've got two superstars so you can't wait for that 2010 draft class to all come to the majors and who knows how many of them are actually going to make it. You've got to try to build aggressively. So you get the, the buildup ahead of the 2013 season and the blockbuster with the Marlins, the acquisition of R.A. Dickey from the Mets. And that didn't end up working out, but the Blue Jays just kept adding talent, kept adding talent, kept adding talent. Uh, and eventually it ended up in a division winner. So uh, it, it was a, a completely different pathway than probably the one Alex Anthopoulos expected to partake in uh, as he was going out there by, uh, and launching uh, his career as a general manager. Uh, but it certainly worked out uh, to everybody's benefit. Shine, great stuff, man. I really encourage anybody to go check out uh, your latest pieces at sportsnet.ca on Jose Bautista. Go to the level of excellence. The farm report was excellent as well. I uh, really appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy the games these next couple of days and enjoy the ceremony on Saturday. Thanks, guys. Good catching up. Stay well. Appreciate it. Shai Davidi from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. That's a good way to wrap it up this afternoon, J-Mac. Uh, great chatting with Shai. Yeah, uh, he was really great. Really enjoyed it. Awesome. Uh, this is the Sports Drive. It's brought to you by our friends at Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. We touched on a little bit of everything today. Stamps report with Matty Rose was in there. Blue Jays talk with Shai Davidi. We also checked in on the San Jose Sharks with Curtis Pichelka. Checking on the Chucks with the WPCA report. All of that available on the Sportsnet Today podcast. It goes up moments after every hour finishes. You can get it wherever you get your favorite podcast. Google. Amazon, Spotify, your favorite podcatcher. They're available there along with all of our outstanding Sportsnet 960 shows. We will be back tomorrow for a Thursday edition of the program. Julian's going to hang around for one more day, so we appreciate that. Looking forward to it. 
Uh, great working with you again today, J-Mac. Appreciate it. Likewise, broski. Uh, Cam and Taylor, outstanding job. Our outstanding producers uh, over here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Uh, and thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. If you texted in today at 960-960, we appreciate it. Uh, back for a Thursday edition tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Uh, we'll get some more news. Check in with Adnan Verk. Continue our NHL season in review as well. Uh, stop in and check in on the New York Rangers. This has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. That's what restricted key system can keep you and your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit CalgaryLockedAndSafe.com. Blue Jays baseball on your radio tonight. Enjoy the Jays and the Guardians. We'll be back tomorrow here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Peace.